Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Oh Lord, I love those words, that softly and tenderly, that, that you come to us, a God of gentleness, a God of caring, a God of peace. And Lord, I don't know about anyone else who is here today that maybe that call is a call that we need to have on our lives. So, Lord, as we begin this series, as we begin the series on prayer, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. You know, usually uh, I have a sermon series kind of planned out for the whole year. Uh, beginning, well, around this time, I'm working on the sermons for, for 2022 right now. And uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's just with everything that has gone on over the past 18 plus months, I, I can admit that this series ha- has been one that just has kind of had me stuck a little bit. You know, I felt like that we needed to do a series on prayer, but but how do we talk about prayer? How, how, how do we use the language of prayer to help us continue to grow as, as disciples of Jesus Christ? And, and in the midst of that, I, was, I, I struggled with uh, the, the title of this series. You know, just thinking invitation to prayer. I said, well, we just got done invitation with the Jesus life. I don't want to do that. Maybe, maybe I put a whole lot more thought into this than I really should. But when I was thinking about that, a word that's kept coming back to me, and, and, and the word was journey. How our prayer life really is a, a, a journey that, that we encompass on. It's a journey that we go on. Because honestly, if you're like me, maybe your prayer life is, is just a journey. You know, sometimes it's it, it's very full and fulfilling, and you're thankful for for the prayers that you're able to give to God. And sometimes you just really don't want to pray at all, just because you don't have the words. Trace and I we pray every night when we go to bed, and and I'll admit, as your pastor, this this is my confessional time here. That, that there'll be times where we'll be getting ready for bed and, and the prayer is just like, God, I'm done. <laughs> and then we just go to bed. You know? And, and that, that's fine. That's fine. When I think about prayer, when I think about the journey of prayer, the, the, the words coming home kept coming to my mind. And how prayer really is an opportunity for each and every one of us to, to come home. To, to come and be in the presence of, of the God who loves us 
and cares for us. It's just like when I was in college. Uh, many of you may not know, I, I grew up in Hutchinson, Kansas, which is a town that is 45 minutes northwest of Wichita, Kansas. So right smack dab in the middle of, of the state of Kansas. And I went to school at a co college called Fringe University in, in Wichita, Kansas. A and going to Fringe University in Wichita, Kansas, there were many opportunities that I got to go home to Hutchinson over weekends or, or maybe something special that I would need to go home to help with my mom and, and, and take care of stuff there. A and I would drive down this road called K96. K96 is, is a state highway that runs uh, east and west through uh, the state of Kansas. It used to run all the way through the state of Kansas, but uh, for some reasons it stops in Wichita now and runs all the way out to Colorado. But this K96, I, I remember, remember it vividly that just how it would be a two-lane road for a while, then they widened it to a four-lane road. But, but that wasn't the really memorable thing about it. The memorable thing about K96 is that a certain part, part, right outside of Mount Hope, Kansas, there is a tree. I got a picture of the tree right here. It's called the Lucky Tree. And one of the things that we would do in high school, when uh, the high school teams would, would drive by this tree, we would honk our horns. You know, as a, as a good luck charm, and uh, like we would go like for a substate or for any other activities, cheerleaders would go out and they would decorate this tree, and it would be a reminder for for the team that 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 people were thinking about us and thinking we were praying for us. But but this is something we would do even before that. I remember growing up, we would have trips to to Wichita to see my grandma and grandpa, and we would drive by that tree, and we would make sure mom and dad would always honk on that tree. The tree even has a Facebook page. That's, that's how famous this tree, famous it is for people in Kansas. And there are people who go by, and they take pictures of this, and, and I saw this picture on that Facebook page, and I had to share it with you, and I know this screen really isn't that good, but you can see the sunset right there behind the tree. And, and I loved going home during sunset uh, and, and seeing this tree there and, and seeing the sunset. And, and every single time I saw that tree, even though it was about another 20, 25 miles away, I knew that I was going home. That's what I really want prayer for us to be. I want prayer for us to be like that tree. As an opportunity for us to realize that, that as we stop and as we spend time in reflection or if we spend time in silence, if we spend time just, just laying everything out in our lives to God, that it is a reminder that we are coming home through the words of prayer. Now, one of the things that we must understand as, as we partake on this, this journey of, of prayer is that Jesus is with us every step of the way. And Jesus is not only with us every step of the way, but Jesus continues to pray for us while we pray. Just think about that. 
Just think about that, that beautiful picture. Jesus prays for us while we pray. Our scripture for this morning helps us to see that. Our scripture is from Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. I invite you to follow along in your Bibles, or you can follow along with the words that we have on the screen this morning. Hear the word of the Lord. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, so did you see in this scripture where it talks about Jesus praying for us. It, it may be a little hidden for us to, to really understand and to see, but, but the scripture talks about how Jesus, the Son of God, is our great high priest. And one of the functions of the great high priest for, for the Jewish believers is that the high priest was the one that was there at the temple. And the high priest was the one that was responsible for, for preparing all of the sacrifices. And in order to go to God, in order for a, an average, ordinary Israelite to go to God, they would have to go through the high priest in order for their prayers to be heard. So, so, so think about this. So, so with the high priest being the one that, that our prayers have to go through, how is it and how wonderful it is to hear that Jesus is our high priest and that he continues to pray for each and every one of us every day. And no matter what is going through our lives, no matter what struggles we may have going on right now, what, what joys we may have going on right now, Jesus continues to pray for us. So next question we may have is, is what exactly is Jesus praying for us? Well, first thing he's praying for is that we see in John chapter 17, when he's praying for his disciples, he's praying that they have unity that they have unity in who Jesus is. It, it's not a unity that, that, is, that is held closely or loosely because of maybe their position or, or, or what they have done. But the unity that he has prayed for is a unity through Jesus Christ. And, and he says, you know, they're, they're going to go through some hard times. They're, they're going to be arrested. They're going to be abused. They're going to be killed but they're doing it because of my name. But then here's the good part. Jesus just doesn't stop at those 12 disciples that, that hung around him. Jesus continues to pray for us. 
each and every one of us. We have here on the screen of John 17, verse 20. Jesus says, my prayer is not for them alone, saying my prayer is not just for the 12 disciples that are around me, but I also pray for those who will believe in me through their message. So, so Jesus is saying that I am praying not only for my disciples, that, that they are one in me, but I'm also praying for the ones that will hear the disciples' message. So Jesus is not only just praying for us as we have heard the disciples' message, but, but each and every one of us have become disciples of Jesus Christ. When we claim Christ as our Lord and Savior, we then are his disciples, and then we are then called not just to embrace the discipleship life and, and to hold it to ourselves, but then to share that message with others so that they may believe because of the words and testimony that we give of who Jesus Christ is. And it goes on and on and on. It, it, it's a reminder, it, it, it's a living in of the faith that gets passed on from generation to generation to generation. Paul continues in this thought earlier in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 34, as he says, Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. See, Paul even knew the importance of, of, of what Christ came to do. Jesus just didn't come down to, to do some good things around on the earth, but he came so that we may have life and have it abundantly. But he also came so that he could sit at the right hand of God and intercede and pray for each and every one of us. Now, it may be easy for us to think about that saying, well, I don't feel it. I don't, I don't feel Jesus praying for me. My, my life has all of these bumps and bruises, and, and, and I, I just can't go through all of the things that are happening. I found this quote from uh, a 19th century Scottish minister named Robert Murray McShane. And he said this a long time ago. If I could hear Christ praying for me in the next room, I would not fear a million enemies. Yet the distance makes no difference because he is praying for me. So it, it doesn't matter that, that Christ is sitting at the right hand of God for his prayers to actually impact our lives. Because they do. Even though sometimes we may, may, may not feel it, even though we sometimes we, we don't hear it, the distance is nothing for Jesus. And so that distance and coming home should not be anything for us. You know, I, I love how the writer of Hebrews continued this thought. 
He, he continues this thought by, by then giving us the promise. Is that because Jesus is our high priest and he is sitting at the right hand of God and, and, and he fully empathizes with our weakness, he's been tempted in every way, well, guess what? We can then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I love that first part. We have confidence. We, we, we don't live our lives as people who are just mousily walking around, but because we claim the name of Jesus Christ, we have confidence that, that Jesus is there for us. But you know what I can think of many times in my own life when I've gone to God in prayer, but I've had a lack of confidence. And I would find myself praying wishy-washy prayers. Prayers like I, I mentioned before, just like, yeah, okay, there you go. This is my prayer. Do, do with it what you will. Like I really think you're going to do anything anyway. We, we get caught in that trap, don't we? But then I realize, you know, I think probably one of the main reasons why that I go to God in prayer, notice how I'm using the word I here because I, I'm indicting myself here, is that I always go to God in prayer when I want something. But I want God to do something for me. Now, I'm not saying that prayers of petition or prayers uh, for other people are, are not an important part of our faith or not an important part of prayer. It, it's extremely important. But I think we fail to remember that the main reason that we are to be in prayer to God is so that we can be in a relationship with him. And when we falter or when we go to these moments where we start praying for what I want and for what I need, we're asking for an easy life, but in fact, the matter is, we may just be distracted and not even taking time to fully understand how we can be praying to a God who loves us and cares for us. You know, in 2019, I forgot to share this story with the uh, 8.30 service, so you're getting a little bonus story here. In 2019, uh, Trace and I, we were headed back up to Hutchinson for my mom's funeral. And, and I've talked about the, the, the lucky tree to Tracy. And, and I think I've even pointed out to her a couple of the times where we've, we've gone to Hutchinson and we visited mom and, and, and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, here it comes. It's, gonna, it's coming up right here. It's, it's so cool. You, you're going to love it. You're, you're just going to love to see this tree. And then all of a sudden I realize I missed it. I had Tracy looking at the uh, Wikipedia page for the, the tree. Because it even has a Wikipedia page, for goodness sake. I was looking for the Wikipedia page. What mile is that tree at? And I realized that I missed the tree. Why did I miss it? I was distracted. Even though in my mind I was thinking about the tree, I had other things going on in my mind that I just totally forgot about what was happening. And my friends, that's what happens to our prayer life. We know how to converse with God. We know that all we have to do is to say, God, I am here. 
just take what I have and who I am and help me to build in my relationship with you. But we get distracted and our lives get so fragmented that we forget that God just wants us to be with him. You know, here on the 20th anniversary of the events of 9-11, I think that is something that I really have thought about over the past week, is how do we talk about prayer in the light of that tragedy that happened 20 years ago? One of the best ways that I could think about it was about a video that, that I used to share with uh, the youth whenever I was doing youth ministry around that time. A video done by a, a gentleman by the name of Rob Bell, who was a pastor in Grand Rapids, Michigan. He had this series called NUMA. And, and in the series called NUMA, the very first video was a video called Rain. And, and I, I just caught this this morning as I was looking through uh, the little booklet that I had, he started recording this particular video on 9-11 in 2001. And, and that video gives us a good picture of what it means to come home to God in prayer. He tells a story about how he is out hiking with his, his one-year-old son, I believe, uh, that, that's on his back, and he's carrying them as they're walking through the woods. And as they're walking through the woods, they, they notice that, uh, he notices that there are these clouds that are coming. And he sees lightning in the distance. So he, he picks up his pace a little bit to try to get back to, to the home, to his home. And as they continue to walk, the, the storm clouds get closer. And, and the lightning and the thunder becomes more intense. And, and, and his little boy, who's, who's on his back, starts to cry and starts to panic because he sees the, the noise and, and the distractions and, and, and the danger, if you will, all around him. And he's crying out because he's scared. But then Rob talks about how he started to talk to his son. And he shared these words. I love you, buddy. We're going to make it. Dad knows the way home. We're going to make it. I love you. And Rob says that as his son continues to cry and wail and, and scream, he, Rob just continues as he's walking, I love you, buddy. We're going to make it. Dad knows the way home. We're going to make it. I love you. And it keeps moving on and on and on. And I, I think if I remember the story right, the son calms down because he hears his daddy's voice. And while the, the thunder and the lightning are just going on all around him, the rain is pouring down and they're getting so wet, he knew that in the midst of this storm, which was real, it wasn't going away, but that his dad was with him every step of the way. See, that is what prayer reminds me of. That's what coming home in prayer for me is, is all about. It's about knowing that while there may be things that are going on around us, loud noises, 
sickness, illnesses, fighting, political struggles, all of the, the distractions that, that are happening around us, God continues to whisper to each and every one of us, I love you, my child. We're going to make it. Your father knows the way home. We're going to make it. I love you. The scripture from Hebrews reminds us you know, that going to God isn't about getting what we want. Because do we really know exactly what we want? It's all about a relationship with God. It's all about seeing these signposts or, or, or these moments that allow us to be opened up and seek that relationship with God while the storms of life are brewing around us and allowing us the opportunity to receive God's mercy and grace. So one final scripture I wanted to share with you. This is a scripture that uh, rang with me as I sat there at Perkins School of Theology in the morning of September 11th, 2001, as we sat in this uh, dining hall, if you will, with this rickety old uh, TV on a cart that, that was just kind of pushed in, and we had one seminarian kind of with the rabbit ears trying to make sure that we were getting the signal from one of the local news channels just to see what was going on. With these words from Jesus that I want to leave with you today, and I pray that you are able to use them as a prayer to hear God calling you to come home. Where Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. May you on this day, as we begin this journey of prayer, to see how God, the prayer that we give to God helps to Focus us inward in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Focus us upward with the love and grace that God the Father gives to each and every one of us. And the focus outward to share his love with our neighbor. Even with a neighbor that we probably haven't even met yet. So they can receive the love and grace that we so freely hold on to. And then they can then share that love with others. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you for the opportunity we have to journey with you. We thank you for the opportunities to, to lift up prayers, not so that we get what we want, so that we can continue to build our relationship with you. You desire to, to hold us in your arms, to not let one single sinner be lost, 
So, Lord, as we pray, as we begin this journey with each other, and more importantly, as we begin this journey with you, help us to hear those words. I love you, child. We're going to make it. Your Father knows the way home. And I love you. So, Lord, we lift this prayer up to you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.